Speaking of sunsets, last night's was shocking. I mean, sunsets aren't supposed to frighten you, are they? Well, this one was terrifying. People were screaming in the streets. Sure, it was beautiful, but far too beautiful. It wasn't natural. Welcome to The Poet's Weave. I'm Christopher Citro. Today I'm reading poems from Distance from Loved Ones by James Tate, published in 1990 by Wesleyan University Press. Born in Kansas City, Missouri in 1943, James Tate's first book, The Lost Pilot, won the Yale Series of Younger Poets Prize in 1967. Going on to publish over 13 books of poetry as well as short stories and essays, Tate has become one of the most beloved contemporary American poets. His selected poems won the 1992 Pulitzer Prize, and his most recent book, The Ghost Soldiers, was published by Echo Press in 2008. Crimes Against the Lyric She throws her ragdoll to within earshot of a viola, and miles downstream a gramophone loses power. There is a cooing from the mountaintop. Bees have been struck by lightning. A looking glass is hurled down in self-defense. The multitudinousness of the world stops her from having one clean thought. She hauls her ball of darkness through the cardboard town, its condemned reality, windy memos, flat wisdom. She dreams through vital negotiations older than this world. A mailman thinks about jumping, then jumps a little. A tobacco barn, for one minute, truly believes it has grown a steeple. No spitting up. People in glass elevators shouldn't carry snow shovels, I said to Sheila, because we were in one with a lady who was. I faced the closed doors, rejected the view of the city without the slightest curiosity because I already knew. What if this woman with the shovel suddenly went crazy, started flapping her wings like a chicken, like a fiend? I wonder what Sheila is thinking just now. I wonder if she has her eye on the snow shovel, how it can't rest in this glass elevator, how it is dancing inside of itself and making me dance. No one's paying the least attention to the tension between me and that shovel, that shovel and that window, that window and me. Anatomy. The beautiful one studies anatomy from dawn to dusk and then just sits there crying. No one speaks to her in a friendly manner. They know she is dying inside. They can see it in her beautiful face. They exchange glances that say, It won't be long now. Soon we'll have the city back to ourselves and our ugliness will become the standard. But the beautiful one must walk the streets to escape her mirrors, and she must read her anatomy book in the park under the maple tree to understand the looks the others give her. She needs love. She tries to approach them with kindness, with a smile and a kind word, but they shuffle past her, growling, their faces stuffed down into their overcoats. She is shunned in the little vegetable store. She is shunned in the museum and in the church. The beautiful one is dying, all alone. No merciful words, no soft touch, no flowers. Perhaps the city will be a better place to visit. I don't know. Peggy in the Twilight Peggy spent half of each day trying to wake up and the other half preparing for sleep. 
Around five, she would mix herself something preposterous and 40s-ish, like a grasshopper or a brass monkey, adding a note of gaiety to her defeat. This shadow life became her. She always had a glow on. That is, she carried an aura of innocence as well as death with her. I first met her at a party almost 30 years ago. Even then, it was too late for tragic women, tragic anything. Still, when she was curled up and fell asleep in the corner, I was overwhelmed with feelings of love. Petite black and gold angels sat on her slumped shoulders and sang lullabies to her. I walked into another room and asked our host for a blanket for Peggy. Peggy, he said, there's no one here by that name. And so my love life began. You've been listening to poems by James Tate on The Poet's Weave. I'm Christopher Citrow.